This episode is brought to you by Dunnings, your local distributor of quality fuels and lubricants throughout Western Australia. Dunnings Fuel operate their fleet of trucks 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Dunnings keeps the whole state running. Find out more at dunningsfuel.com.au. Listening to the Central Station Podcast, where we bring you true stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So pull up a stump, pop the billy on, or crack a cold one as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home. This podcast is brought to you by Ariat Australia, the perfect choice for the tough jobs. Ariat boots and clothing work hard, look good, and are so comfortable there's never a need to slow down. Visit ariat.com.au today. Hi, Central Station listeners. Uh, as you can hear, I don't sound fabulous, but uh, I can assure you I am COVID free. I just have had a week of hay fever which has given me this lovely deep tone to my voice. Anyway, in this short episode, I'm actually playing you the audio of Dr. Dave Morell reciting a poem called Walmadari Jimmy. Now, this is from Dave's book, Johnny James and Other Verses. If you haven't listened to episode 115, where we spoke with Dave Morell, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. Dave is an icon of the Kimberley. He's a fixture. He's been around for a very long time. He is not just an incredible vet. He is an amazing bush poet. And if you like this poem, I really encourage you to go and purchase a copy of Johnny James and other verses. Dave um, has written that and it's not just a book of poetry, but every poem is accompanied by fantastic images and also a story that shows, you know, what you know, kind of gives context to how the poem came about and what it is about. Now, Dave is also featured in the current edition of R.M. Williams' Outback magazine, Great People of Australia. Um, so, yeah, make sure you go get a copy of that as well and enjoy this recital of Walmajari Jimmy. It is an incredibly powerful poem that gave me goosebumps the first time I heard it. And let's be honest, it gives me goosebumps every time I, I listen to it. G'day, um, my name's Dave Morell. I'm a vet in, uh, in Broome. I've been a Kimberley vet for the last 45 years, mostly working with cattle stations and cattle. I grew up on stations and with Aboriginal people when there were very few white people in this country. And I've, I've recently written a book, Johnny James and Other Verses, which talks about the Kimberleys and my experiences in the Kimberleys as a vet and as a kid. And it talks about the displacement of Aboriginal people, firstly from the desert onto the stations and and then more recently from the stations into towns and reserves. And I wrote this poem because I grew up with those people and I went away and came back as a vet and saw them in a different situation. On the stations they were proud men and good stockmen and living on their traditional land. But when I came back 20 years later as a vet, a lot of them were in town and alcoholics, 
um, with despair, not knowing what the future held. Uh, and it was a very sad, maybe pitiful sight for me, and I was moved to write this poem called Wamajari Jimmy. The Wamajari people were more on the desert, sort of south of Fitzroy and and uh, between Fitzroy and Horse Creek, but south. And the Gunnyandi people were were more north, but the Gunnyandi people let the Wamajari people come into their country, you know, as the white men were sort of taking over. So yeah, the Wamajari people were people of the desert. Okay, Wamajari Jimmy. Wamajari was the name of Jimmy's clan. They'd roamed this land since time began. They knew every hill and waterhole. This land was part of their very soul. In recent years, the whites had come and started to build a cattle run, houses, sheds and station stores, roads and fences and station bores. Some of Jim's clan had joined the whites and lived in a camp near the homestead site. The men were part of the mustering team, a job of which Jimmy would later dream. But Jimmy's family kept to their ways, doing what they'd done for a million days, hunting goanna and kangaroos, bush tucker plenty from which to choose. Jimmy's dad was tall and strong. His beard and hair were wild and long, deep scars cut into his arms and chest. A tribal man who'd passed the test. In 44, the year was dry. Kangaroos in short supply. He chased a roo for half a day through scrub and creek and breakaway. He broke his leg in a nasty fall. There was no one there to hear his call. His blood soaked into the black soil plain. Neath the burning sun, he perished that day. His blood soaked into the black soil clay. Neath the burning sun, he perished that day. His family waited, starved and weak. With hope abandoned and near replete, they struggled into the station base, began life anew at the white man's place. Jimmy thrived in his situation, learning English in short duration. He learnt the ways of the guttier man, becoming a stockman, his ultimate plan. Schooling was done by the manager's son, and they'd laugh and play and make their fun. They'd ride their horses to a river pool and dive and fish in the water's cool. Brothers they were as the seasons changed, learning and growing and views exchanged. Boarding school claimed the manager's son, Jimmy started work on the station run. At breakneck speed, he'd chase a bull, jump from his horse, give the tail a pull and throw the bull to the ground. With leather straps, its back legs bound. His riding skills noted far and wide, much to the manager's pride. Top rider at many a buck jump show. His name revered where the stockmen go. Where the spinifex has gone to seed, walking cattle, he'd take the lead. With his shoulders back and head held high, he for part of the earth and sky, with his stock all snorting and sniffing the air, and he in the saddle without a care. He felt like a king that had just been crowned, but his weekly wage was just two pound. The laws were changed round 64 to give the black man more. Now strong grog they could drink all day and for work performed get an equal pay. In our God's eyes all men the same, but the truth just ain't that plain. A hundred folk with the daily needs, only twenty to perform the station deeds. Their profit figure was non-existent, so their fund request made the bank resistant. The pending decision made the manager grieve, because he was forced to make them leave. 
There was wailing and screaming and protest loud. They were scared and beaten and cowed. They hit their heads and smote their breasts till blood poured down their chest. The blood was mixed with tears of dread as from their land the group was led. Jimmy's body was ripped apart. Something had entered and torn his heart. His body was numb to a rigid state and he cursed his terrible fate. The native reserve was a soulless park. In station life, they worked till dark. Now they sat around all day, their desperation on display. Alcohol had never crossed Jim's lips, but out of boredom he took some sips, and he found it dulled his burning pain, so he hit the bottle again and again. Diabetes claimed Jimmy's wife. Medicines had helped her life, but she died from a complication when a leg was taken in an amputation. That only doubled poor Jim's grief, and he drank more grog to seek relief. With his pain piled layers high, he was drinking all day till he crashed in sleep. They found him one morning by the walking track. Flies and ants had covered his back. There was no record of his birthing date, but I reckon Jim died at 38. His sons were there to mourn their loss, and I shed a tear on Jimmy's cross as I remembered our childhood fun, because I was the manager's son. As the wind caresses the spinifex plain, the grass is swaying to each refrain, and the rising sun makes the country gleam with a breathtaking beauty that is seldom seen, and the hills in the distance have a shimmering haze, as the Walmageri weep for days, and Jimmy's spirit is free to roam in the country he called home.